0: Welcome to The Family with
1: Dave Schrader
0: and Andy Brampernard. Bernard. Magnificent. We'll be right back in just a couple of seconds. A uh, great guest coming up, Eric Huberman. The book, The Hawk Method, the three principles of marketing that made over 3,000 brands soar. He'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the wins and failures of Sunday Super Bowl commercials. Uh, look at this year's Super Bowl ads, winners and losers. I love it. Eric's up next with The Family.
3: By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put JLO on top.
0: To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know when Eric's ready to go. Uh, he is. Eric, Hi, how are you today? I'm good. How you doing? Marvelous. you pronounce your last name Huberman? Yeah. Can you
4: hear me? I wanted,
0: to make, I wanted to make sure. Eric Huberman with us, ladies and gentlemen. The book, The Hawk Method, The Three Principles of Marketing That Made Over 3,000 Brands Soar. Serial entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Hawk Media, Eric Huberman, to break down some of the wins and failures of Sunday's Super Bowl commercials. A look at this year's Super Bowl ads, winners and losers. We're talking about a number of things, Eric. So where would you like to start? You want to want to start with the commercials?
4: Uh, I mean, wherever. Start with what, say?
0: Yeah, we can start with the commercials if that's okay with you. The Super Bowl commercials, Mm because I liked one of them, and the rest of them you could keep.
4: (laughs) Which one did you like?
0: I like the E Trade one. I love any little two-year-old that walks up and goes, "I told you, I'm retired." Any commercial that starts with that, I'm in.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, if you're talking about the general. You know, the best way to make a Super Bowl commercial is to land on humor. I mean, people are having fun. And with anything in marketing, you got to think about the context in which someone's getting that advertisement. It's easy to reach whoever you want. So it's kind of an old school thought to say, oh, are we reaching our demographic? I think everyone's heard that term. That's easy to do these days. There's no reason you can't. But So you got to think, like, how are they receiving it? What are they doing? And in this case, frankly, most of the country is drinking, eating junk food, watching football, having fun. That's the hope. And so, if that's what they're doing, you want to make sure you contribute to that, and you're part of that. So, yeah, most of the winners and almost all of the winners, it's humor. It's something that people are like, "Oh, I like that. That was funny." It was frito Way, you know, whether it was a Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd ad, or the animals beatboxing, like those were ones that were really good. Um, you know, the I thought the Larry David one, the FTX one, was hilarious. But that might just be my own bias. But I thought that oh, was I a understand. good one. Um, I understand. Yeah. Did you not? I'm curious on your end. And again, we're looking at the views. Like, did that one definitely did really well? But the winner, actually, and I'd say the objective winner of the Super Bowl was the uh, the Coinbase ad, which is interesting because it doesn't fall into what I just said. Yeah, that's that's very very true. Yeah, the QR code bouncing around the screen for those that didn't touch it. That generated them 20 million clicks. People, 20 million people clicked that QR code during that ad. Well, it would have been $20 million in if it would have worked. Oh, well, didn't it work? Right. And so that was the issue. It, it, that's what they tracked, let alone all the people that didn't get through and didn't work. So that being said, if you do the math on that, from a Super Bowl ad, they actually directly generated about a thirty cent, $0.33 cent cost per click. And that is absurdly low for that quality of a uh, click. So just from a marketing uh, statistic standpoint. So that absolutely was worth it for them to do and crushed it. That being said, obviously it would have been nice if their site was ready for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a good thing. Now, Eric, I I do have to ask you a question about, um, I, you know, I'm in a different generation. I was born in 1951. I'm 70 years old. So I'm, I'm, Uh you know, kind of out of the mix as far as that is concerned. But I found it kind of embarrassing all of the Hollywood people that showed up in commercials. It was every person. And I think the, who did they miss? They miss an, did they get Claudette Colbert in there and they dig her up? Or, I just, I can't picture that. I, I cannot picture that before the digital era where now everybody's in everybody else's yeah. face. And now it's, I just couldn't see anybody doing
4: that before. Yeah. So, I mean, and you mentioned the book too, like we talk about, there's three categories to marketing and three pillars, awareness, nurturing, and trust. Trust is a major factor in marketing, building trust, and a big way oh, yeah. to do that if you haven't built your own brand or trust is third-party validation. What celebrities do for brands is if you already you're trust sure. that celebrity, which I know we talked about in the news, like don't trust celebrities, et cetera. but the problem is if you're familiar with someone, there's an inherent trust. So it's a shortcut, and if it's not done right, it, and there's like, it's inauthentic, you get the uh, crypto.com ad like with LeBron like that. Not going to feel right, but… If you do it oh, right, like the Larry David ad, which is funny because you're talking about competitors, but the Larry David ad, it was so Larry David and it made so much sense. Like, it, And it's and it was so – it was authentic because Larry David is authentically that guy. It's like, ah, it's not going to work. And then let's be real. I think 90-something percent of the country at some point has looked at crypto and been like, I don't know about this, including myself. And so it was so like real and hit it. And they already know Larry David to be that guy versus having to educate the audience on like, don't worry, this is how this all works. This is who this is. So it's a shortcut, but it can hit or miss, and it's expensive. Like right? Those celebrities make good money, so it adds a lot to the budget of these things. But if you're spending $7 million on a 30-second spot, spending a, you know a few hundred thousand dollars more to get that celebrity to make sure that spot gets attention and builds that trust is a, a lot of times worth it, which is why I think a lot of people are doing this. It's just a little bit of an extra expense. Yeah, but I agree. Sometimes it feels, a lot of times it feels cheesy and it's like, did you really need to have these guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I got nothing against it. They're out there in Hollywood to make money. I understand that. And they're actors and they'd be acting in a movie or a TV show or a commercial. That's their job. I do understand it. But I just, I like, maybe I'm just lame, but I like herding cats and two-year-olds retiring. That's what I like.
4: Oh, I agree. I think, Baby, or kids and uh, pets are great commercials. Though, a few years ago, I remember uh, GoDaddy tried to do a commercial with a, you know, and it got banned by the Super Bowl. So sometimes that pet fires so You kind of broke up there, there, there. Eric. The, the commercial had right? Oh, yeah. it, it, a few years ago, there was a uh, puppy milk commercial with the Super Bowl that actually, with GoDaddy oh, yeah. that actually got banned because they thought it was a bad taste. So, but I do think puppies and babies are great
0: ways to draw people in if you don't have celebrities. No, I think that's true, Andy. We had a little bleed over there. Was that is that taken care of? Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you, sir. Yeah, Eric. There, for some reason, somebody else talked and started talking right over you. I got. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Uh, heard. In any, okay. oh, you heard that too? Okay. <clears throat> I don't know where it came from. It's one of the things I love so much about digital, Eric. A lot of bleed over. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know. I, <laughs> exactly. I think it is a. Now, I do have to ask you a question because you would know know this probably better than anybody this Super Bowl blew by my god they played it in like three hours almost on the nose what was that all about I mean maybe the commercials made it uh, made it flow I, I just I love the fact that the game didn't take five hours to play that was a huge part of it for me well
4: I think that's just my rams were efficient that's that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah <well. laughs> but no, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, like they, they seem to take the same amount of commercial breaks. I, I just don't actually know why that happened faster, but I, I was actually there and it did feel actually like a normal case of a game. Okay.
0: Don't lie to me, Eric, because I know you did, but I'm talking about other people. Was anybody wearing a mask <laughs> in that stadium? <laughs> Honestly, good
4: question. Yeah, no, and actually, I did, but it's for other reasons. No, nobody wore a mask in that stadium. Um, I didn't think so. I, in fact, I actually mentioned this to some friends. There were there were security walking around asking people to put masks on, and everyone was ignoring them. But I am I, being sincere. I wore a mask for other reasons. I've got someone at risk near me, but uh, I was one of the only ones. And I wore a mask because that actually does protect.
0: I thought for sure you were going to say you wore a mask because you planned to rob a bank on the way home from the Super Bowl. Is that, you know, that would have been a good plan, hey, some, too. Hey, somehow i got
4: to pay for those tickets, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That's exactly it. So did did you like the Super Bowl? Did you like most of the – I'll tell you what, well, I, you know, we, we talked about the winners and losers. Did you like the game, first of all?
4: Yeah, I thought it was a great game. I mean, the end of it was – kind of odd and surprising. Like, we were all expecting them to march to take a field goal and then I was worried that the momentum would be on the Bengals' side. But, you know, then it didn't. And so, we. I think the entire crowd was shocked. But I will say, and I've said this a few times, it was, I've I've got tickets to the Rams and Chargers. It was the most mellow football game I've ever been to in my life. Like, it's really funny to see when you get a bunch of corporate, you know, guests and celebrities and rich people, frankly, sitting in a crowd. It's like they're golf-clapping touchdowns. It's was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bizarre to see, because I, I went yeah. to the University of Arizona, like, I'm used to being a sports fan, like, I was cheering and screaming and doing all the things, and I would look around and be like, am I the only one yelling right now? Like, what, what
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's, exa- that's exactly the feeling I got, and maybe that's why the game went by so quickly, is just, and it wasn't, like, the game didn't have any energy, but the crowd certainly did not have much energy. I just, I just thought, I mean, they, they weren't no. bad, but they certainly weren't over the top about anything.
4: No, there were very few people over the top, and I, I even saw a guy get uh, pulled aside by security for a second because he was yelling too much and spilled his beer on someone. Like, is that a football game? Like you, always, you always get beer spilled on you. <laughs> oh, he,
0: they got they pulled him aside for yelling at a football game, and spilling his beer on some people. Oh well, yeah, I suppose that part. <laughs> yeah, that part wouldn't probably fly too well. I mean,
4: still, like, sure, but yeah, like, yeah, it didn't. But again, it's like in a normal football game, like you expect it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's very true. What do you think of the, the current state of advertising the way it is? And, and the reason I ask you that, I, I did voiceover for about 35 years uh, from pretty much oh, 75 till 75 till about 2010, something like that. And, you know, I lived in New York and Chicago and, you know, tra- traveled back and forth. This was before digital, so I had to, when I did voiceover, I had to fly all over the world, for God's sake. It was, it was unbelievable. But yep. um
4: I've got more friends it. that literally have a studio in their closet now. <laughs> it's oh yeah, oh, that
0: absolutely. Industry. Yeah, it's changed completely. You used to have uh, to travel a yeah. lot
4: and the whole deal. Yeah, you're saying in terms of the I mean the current state of advertising, it changed a lot very recently. And it doesn't change as fast as people think. I think there's a you know sort of common lie told that like marketing is this giant moving target that they you know, chase a shiny object. And I think that's actually a fallacy and ends up putting a lot of people in a bad position. Facebook and Google were like two of the best advertising channels for the past decade. And when you realize that, you go, okay, so it doesn't change that rapidly. But the iOS changes, I mean, Apple changing you know, iOS updates that screwed up Facebook a year ago are now, I mean, they're being seen in the market. What Facebook posted, what, $10 billion in losses last quarter? We're seeing mm-hmm. that in advertising. So what we're seeing is Facebook was this golden goose forever, for a decade, and now right. it's not and now it's another advertising channel. It doesn't mean it's broken and we shouldn't spend anything on it. It's just not what it was. And so we're having to go wider. We're having to be more strategic with what we do with that Facebook traffic because it is not as profitable as it was, meaning you have to find other ways to make it convert higher and make more money off those channels. So it's what's nice is thankfully I like to think we're good at what we do, so we're actually benefiting from it because most of the agencies that have just lived off of straight Facebook ads for a long time aren't surviving and they're moving out of the way. And what's coming in are companies like ours that look at full funnel marketing, look at all the things, all the different aspects that come into it and are able to say, Hey, spend this much on Facebook, but you also need to do email marketing and text message marketing and Google and TikTok, and TV and radio, et cetera. No, I think you're absolutely right about it. Is that a, is that a
0: demographic thing? Did Facebook's demos get older?
4: No. So that, and thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's what I think a lot of people think. They there's do. Yeah. So many people on all these platforms. That, yeah, it's not a demographic thing. It's, there's plenty of young people still on Facebook, as much as there's plenty of old people on TikTok. It's it, demographics are reachable. What happened is Facebook had a really, really good uh, algorithm to optimize for people to buy, and it was mm. all based on tracking through cookies. And so two things happened. One, uh, Apple really hurt that ability by, for Facebook. So it's really hard to track individual behaviors and interests from Facebook off the platform now. So when someone's you know on Facebook and then goes to another platform on their iPhone, which the majority of the U.S. is on their iPhone, and the majority of people are shopping on mobile on their iPhone, but so when you're dealing with that, now you can't, Facebook can't track that as well. So they can't optimize for those types of people the same. So that was super powerful and that went away. Number two, Facebook, Facebook used to track 28 days after you left, the pla- or, left or clicked an advertisement they would track if you purchase. So you had a 28-day window to see the results. They dropped, They had to drop that to seven days with the changes with iOS. So they only get seven days of tracking now. And the, like we talk a lot about this in the book. There's something that a lot of people miss with marketing called the purchase cycle. And what that oh, is yeah. is from the first time you're introduced to a company to when you actually buy, it's there's a time period. And everybody forgets this on the marketing side. It's where every consumer will notice. But everybody that's marketing goes, we spend money today, we make money today. It's like, no, you advertise me today. It's going to take me weeks to months normally to buy your product. And if you're not able to track that and do things during that period to keep in touch with me, you're going to lose a lot of people during that What's period. And Facebook used to track that.
0: We have a okay. call from Polly. I call it. Was Polly the one that just dropped the F bomb on the air there? That was good. Seems that way.
4: <laughs> Polly.
0: <laughs> what are you doing, really? Paul? You have a question? I thought it was my hog. No, you were not.
4: Yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering what um what um um you thought about the Snoop Dogg and Marcus Stewart commercial with the Dick lighter. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting because they were kind of alluding to different things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think that was one of those situations where it wasn't completely authentic. Where it's like Snoop Dogg didn't really fit. Like it was, it did fine. It just wasn't going to be the winner of the Super Bowl. What
0: do you think of that, Polly? What?
4: I thought that was a really shitty answer. Um <laughs> well
1: okay. we're talking about hey, the Nice ball. talking to you, Polly. Come again <laughs> someday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't get it. I don't
0: know. Uh, what are you gonna do? All right, Polly, thank you, sir. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, but but um I don't know what the hell is going on outside here. But right um yeah. Cut that line yeah, Andy, cut and that line. Um yeah. Thank oh, you, Paulie. There's another one.
0: Well. <laughs> Eric uh <coughs> Eric, uh, there's your demographic. The That's why
5: advertising <laughs> dollars aren't being spent yeah. properly anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. Way to go, Eric. It's your fault. Yeah, exactly. That's who you
5: attract.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was. No, listen, that I was the most. Like, I, I don't want someone to get whipped Webster. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Like, if you didn't like the answer, tell me.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't think. I don't think Paulie's like that. <laughs> I think he's gonna tell you just what he thinks. <laughs> but right, yeah, one exactly. thing I kind of like lighten the the mood for for just a minute uh in my voiceover career (laughs) eric i did i endorsed just about everything i did you know airline i i I literally was 35 years it was a wonderful run in the whole deal but my son andy is the one engineering the show he's the one you first talked to uh he's the my uh, my wife and i have a son and a daughter and they're both usually on the podcast alex is not on today she's a teaching assistant today but all of these things I did, I mean, I did everything from airlines to automobiles to McDonald's to, I mean, I did everything at some point in that 35-year period. My son and my daughter were only happy with one commercial I ever did. Out of all those years of doing commercials, they were very excited when I did an endorsement for Monsters, Inc. Macaroni and Cheese. So there you go, Eric. That's been my life right there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> As you said, amazing. your audience yes but trust me it's the same thing with my family like things that feel super big to me in my career they're like that's nice and then the one thing they do that like resonates with them they're like that's amazing
0: (laughs) that's exactly what I'm talking about Eric now one thing I do have to ask you that is very very important and I don't see it a lot anymore do people not understand you need to protect the product anymore and I'll give you an example because I've been doing this morning show in, in Minneapolis since 1986, 30, 36 years doing this morning show in Minneapolis. And I'm out uh, eating pizza yeah. one time, and I'm with uh, my attorney, a guy named Michael Bryant. He's on the show on Mondays. But we're sitting there, and one of the owners of the pizza place comes over, and he says to Michael, oh, yeah, I love your commercial. You do a great job. And, uh, Tom, I, I know who you are, but I, I don't listen to your show. And I thought to myself – do you not know what protecting the product is why would you come over here and i don't care i mean i know that not everyone listens to my morning show that's not the point the point is well why am i at your pizza place if you don't support me why would i support you i mean why would why do people do a lot that happens a lot now eric i don't understand that they don't get
4: protecting the product i don't get it yeah i think You know, I think people's EQ has declined, meaning emotional quotient, like understanding empathy, those those set of things. I think, I actually do think it's declined. I think, listen, we were all locked, it it was declining before this, but now we've all been locked inside for two years. I think people forgot how to talk to each other. And I I think, you know, it's less about protecting your product. I think it's just how to be a decent human being. And, you know, sometimes you can tell a white lie, like, love your show, even if you don't listen to it. Honestly, I think just that sort of, Rapport building is a lost is a bit of a lost art. That's a shit but answer. I don't mind it because frankly, <laughs> I, I also see it. it's a. Shit. <laughs> I, you know, I you could see, tell. Uh, I, I, uh, oh, go ahead. you're up, Eric. Sorry, my fault. Uh, I was just going to say I, I do think that it's okay because my view of all these kind of things when you see you know majority of people doing something bad. We live in a competitive world where if everybody else is bad at something and you're good at it, you're going to win. So as yeah, much as you want to yep. be frustrated that people haven't figured this out, if you have figured it out, then use it to your advantage. And that's how I look at it usually. It's like, it's weird that nobody's figuring this out, but then my product's going to win because I am going to protect it.
0: See, that's exactly, uh, that's a brilliant way to think. And, pe- well, it just people don't get it for some reason. I, I You don't. Uh, open yourself up to criticism by telling someone, yeah, I don't support you. It's like, wh- don't say that yeah. when I just paid good money for your product. That's not very smart.
4: Yeah, he didn't even have to say anything. I mean, that's, that's the thing. No. You don't have to lie. No. That was one way to do it. But you also could just be like, hey, great. I, you know, I've seen you. Great to see you. And then if you said, oh, how do you like the show? Then be like, you know, I've, I've heard it now and then or whatever. He's probably heard it once. Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, you don't need to just throw it. Like but again, that's the EQ thing. Like, did you? You know,
0: and so people are awkward. <laughs> no, Eric, you do know this is a podcast, right? So, when I'm about to say this is a podcast, you can say whatever you want on podcasts, and you know that, right? So, basically, yeah. what I should have done when he said, "Well, I don't listen to your show," I should have said, in the immortal words of Polly, "Fuck you." <laughs> That's what I should have done. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
4: honestly, it would have maybe honestly, you might have helped the guy because then going forward, he'd have that in the back of the head next time he wanted to say something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. I think that's uh, part a- of the problem is a lot of people don't get the the sincere reaction from people. I, I credit it. Like, yeah, I always tell people like one of the best reasons I've become a good salesman is because my dad was that reactive guy, and I love my dad, but he would if I said the wrong choice of words, I'd get the reaction. And so I've always been sensitive to word choice because I grew up around it where it's like the difference between saying something slight, like one word would change it from a no problem to like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) There you
0: go. That's exactly it. I like this line that was written in your descriptor. Eric has distilled the art and you brought this up already. Eric has distilled the art of marketing, the three core elements, awareness, nurturing, and trust. I would agree. Obviously the awareness part has to come first because if you're not aware of it, you're not going to nurture or trust anyone, including yourself. Right. But uh, the nurturing part is kind of is kind of brand awareness and protecting the product, isn't it? The nurturing part.
4: Yeah, it's that it's staying in touch with people. I mean, the part, nurturing right. I think is the part that everyone misses. Everyone thinks of marketing as awareness. You think about super bowl right. commercials. You think about PR. You think about those things. But again, it goes back to that purchase cycle comment. Like people don't buy the first time they see you. Generally, I'm talking, I'm speaking in averages. People don't buy right away. So. You have to employ tactics that actually help during that period. Again, it could be re- continuing to advertise, could be product protection, it could be just staying in touch in some way. And it's also merchandising. It's also it's basically everything that comes into actually getting someone to buy after mm-hmm. where you exist, and and then continuing to buy. Like the other piece people miss is it's not just about a first purchase of the company. You, for a company to survive, you need your com- customers to come back. That's oh, also yeah. measuring.
0: Um, Eric, we have, uh, you have till, till uh, noon central, do you not, I think? Do you have 10 more minutes? Whenever you want me. Oh, excellent. Because sure. I just need to take a very, very quick break, and I'm going to get to the trust part, and it's a very important part to me. The trust part. We'll be right back in two minutes with Eric Humerman, ladies and gentlemen. The Hawk Method, the three principles of marketing that made over 3,000 brands. Soar right back with Eric and the family. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan's Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. our special guest. The book is called The Hawk Method, The Three Principles of Marketing That Made Over 3,000 Brands Soar. We get to the very, very important, and again, awareness, very important. Nurturing, certainly important. Trust is very, very important, and the the question I have for you, Eric, is, um, and I very quickly, uh, I grew up a Democrat. My mother was a hardline Democrat, and then later on in life, I tried being a Republican, and I didn't care for that either, and uh, I'm pretty much a centrist uh, politically. The trust part Right now, I have a problem with, because, (laughs) I'll be honest with you, Eric, I I have a problem in that you can't watch the news, you can't watch sports, you can't uh, follow politicians. There's no no trust there anymore. That's a problem, isn't it? No, I totally
4: agree with you. I think it's a real problem, but I... Again, similar to what I was saying before, I think with every problem, it's an opportunity because all these right. people are not trustworthy. Be trustworthy. If you're trustworthy now, you're going to stand down. I believe what you just said politically is actually like eighty percent of our country. I, do, uh, I I think most people are so sick of the polarization that they're like. I think we actually all agree because I, I, I frankly have, was traditionally in pretty right in the center of liberal, not far liberal, but right in the center. Right. Now I can't recognize the Democrats or the Republicans and I'm like, no. I think most people feel that way because of that trust factor.
0: And it's all about money, whether it's politics or or any of it. It's money, money, money. It's a, how much money can I make from lying my ass off? And that's, I try to watch... I, you know, because I get up at three thirty in the morning, so I do a little show prep to, to go on the morning show. I try watching CNN and Fox and MSNBC, and you know, I watch about four or five of the networks. I can't find one that tells the truth. They have their own version of the truth, but the complete truth. Not one of them tells the complete, not even close to the complete truth. Um, and it's just gotten well. Hollywood has gotten way over the top with that too. The fact that I have to follow this political party to make sure that I succeed as an actor, that's not what acting's all no. about. Acting is about chops. I mean, I just started watching Ch- uh, Chapel Wait with uh, with uh, Adrian Brody. That man can act. That's all I know. Yes.
4: Yep. No, and I, I think, yeah, I don't know when the pressure of being political as a celebrity came in, but... You know, yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it uh, James Corden that called everyone out? Was like, yeah, because we all want to hear this. It was one. Some celebrity went on and was just like calling them all out. But, but, yeah, just what we want to hear. Another speech about where you stand on politics. Just take your awards. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, 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 I think people that people that agree with the celebrity love it. People that don't hate it. And I think that's the issue. Is it's become polarizing. But, yep. but yeah, we can talk all day about the political side. I think the truth is everyone's sick of it.
0: I mean, so we get to the trust in the, in the company right now, and, and yeah, for the trust, yeah. right up front, uh, uh, we're a month and a half away of taking the five- and three-year-old grandchildren to Disney World. Disney sure as hell has changed a lot since I worked for them, I'll tell you that. They have changed. They've gotten very political. Uh, I never thought I'd see that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, but I think it's, again, you have to remember, like, we can generalize everyone. I, don't, I, mean, I actually don't know where Disney's politics stand at this point, but they've always had aspects of them in politics i've heard comments about it's... walt disney's politics in the past that are right are questionable so they, they do i think we also are over focused on it too at the end of the day you just mentioned taking your taking kids to walt disney world that's a good example of trust because you're going there because you know it's a fun place for kids they've built a plan right. that you're you, you don't need other people to tell you that walt disney world or disney World is going to be amazing you you know what disney world is that's what happens when long term when you keep consistently delivering on a promise you know that kids are going to have fun at Disney World. Like, I don't think anyone would question that. Kids love it. I just I have a, actually a now five year old brother that I took to Disneyland for the first time oh. a few months ago. And he, uh, watching it through his eyes was incredible. Like, and I'm just going to say, like, I don't like Disneyland, but I had a blast that day because he was so blown away because everything's real. So seeing that, there's a perpetuity there that's going to happen. Now, if Disney World or Disneyland opened today, and you heard this is a place that kids are going to love because there's a rise and stuff. Would you be grabbing your two grandkids to some new theme park just because you heard it opened and going there? I'm just going to answer for you and say no. But if you then <laughs> heard a kind of press about it and you turned a bunch and you heard some people you trusted and maybe publications you to you trust, wherever, their, wherever your trust still lies, told you it's the best thing kids have ever seen, now you might start going. So what we found is 75% of consumers won't buy from a company they don't inherently trust. Later on, that trust can come from consistency and brand and some, something the company is known for. But early on, mm-hmm. it comes from third-party validation, meaning other places that you do trust recommending this. And it's almost like borrowed yeah. trust.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot. Is there a list, and I guess maybe I, I should know this if there is, but is there a list of maybe 10 American companies that, uh, that Americans trust the most? Do we have such a list?
4: I think it changes all the time. I'm, I'm sure there is some sort of list like that. Yeah. like some, You know, yeah. most admired company, something along those lines. I don't know if people have ever with trust. Maybe that's something we should create. But, um, oh, you know, we got a partnership, Eric. I, I the say, Eric say, and Tom
0: it. trust list. Yeah, there I like go. it. Yeah,
4: I like it. Let's we'll publish it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> in terms of, uh, I like the example, like Facebook is not on that list, and You know, whether or not oh, Facebook has actually done all the things they've done so bad in the press, and so bad on third-party validation saying Facebook's doing good things. It's been the opposite. So many people have constantly heard, whether it's our government or news, saying that Facebook is evil, that people believe in that. Whether or not they're actually evil. Because when I dive in, have they done, made some bad decisions? Yes. But has it really been out of intent? I don't know about that. But it's been just told enough times that people believe it. And that's a whole other part of trust is what, what is said a lot becomes believed by the masses. And it's interesting, and I've watched it in politics. I've watched it, you know, and it's happened in history. If you keep saying something over and over and over again, people naturally just start to believe it. And it's a weird tool that right. you have to be It's kind of like where great power comes great responsibility. Like, don't abuse this because people do. But it happened to good and bad. So, you know, it's happening with Joe Rogan right now. You know, he's a yes. conservative yeah. podcaster, et cetera, and they're berating him. And then I just watched a, you know, a uh, highlight reel, of all the times he talks about being liberal and supporting Hillary Clinton and think saying oh, Obama was the best president I've had in my lifetime, but apparently he's a staunch conservative.
0: Yeah, I don't really understand that he's. So, a sta- I don't you know, see him that way at all. Uh, he's an interesting but, but
4: guy. But to do because people have said it so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's the whole problem. That's the whole problem with digital is just get repeated. Now, I, 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 I do make it. I understand it's a mistake and I should be doing it because it would help me I suppose make a lot more money but I do I am not on Facebook I'm not on Twitter I'm not on any platform at all because I can't stand the way they treat people first of all but I got a. Uh, I, I do a speech once in a while maybe about once every month or two something like that I go do a speech for whatever and I got a I got groaned at last time, because I was doing a speech for some uh, from some young people, and they asked me why aren't you on social media? And I said because I don't trust it. Uh, they said what do you mean? I said well everybody's a tough guy from you know on digital everybody the keyboard cowboy or you know the, the keyboard warriors and all that, and they said <laughs> and I you know. I got a big groan from this. I said, all I have to tell you is I've said it before on the radio and I'll say it again. Digital is ev- eventually going to destroy the world. And I'm just really glad that Adolf Hitler never had digital <laughs>
4: <laughs> and people
0: groan. Can you imagine way, Hitler I, with? I, yes, sir. Oh, uh,
4: I, 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 I agree with you. wholly Holy. Like, but it's an interesting debate because I also believe, like, at what point do you draw the line between right. the deliverer and the person receiving? Meaning, like, what is it my responsibility to also disseminate information and go, we all know that the news, is, the fake news is a common phrase now. We all know that the stuff on Facebook is fake, that the needs yeah. we see are fake, that there's tons of misinformation out there. So why isn't my responsibility at some point, if I'm going to make decisions based on information I'm getting off the Internet, shouldn't I validate it somehow? And for some reason... Still, the masses don't validate their information. So they go, I watch it all the time with people, especially in politics, posting memes about like, I saw the new one with Biden's, you know, distributing crack bites. Again, I'm not that huge fan of our president either way. (laughs) And I don't know if you ever will be. That's kind of like the the job sucks in some ways. It's hard to get high approval ratings. That being said, I know he's also not distributing crack bites, because the moment I saw that pop up, I Googled it and it's article after article saying this is actually what happened and what they're talking about, and this is right. not real. So right. just take one step to validate. If, if you're going to make a decision on something, if you're seeing fake news and you don't actually take action on it, then who cares? It's not going to affect you. But if you're taking yeah. action on something, maybe validate it first.
0: I think that's a great idea. Eric, you're a terrific guest, and I think the Eric and Tom trust list is going to be huge. We'll make tons of money, no question.
4: I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eric, seriously, come back on. I would love to talk to you more about You understand the business very well, and you don't seem... Like, you, what, what are you, like, 18, 19 years old? You sound very young.
4: I was born when you started on the radio, 1986,
0: so I'm 35. <laughs> there you go, well, the same age as Andy, basically. <laughs> My son, the two of you are here soldiering out. You're turning on me, I could hear it. Eric, seriously, come back. I would love to talk <laughs> to you more often. No, I would love to come back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Eric Huber, the book. Uh, The uh, the Hawk, oh, by the way, Huberman spelled H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. The Hawk Method, the three principles of marketing that made over 3,000 brands soar. He's a very smart young man there, no doubt about that. Andy, why don't you get in the advertising business and create 3,000 brands? Okay, I'll do that right now. You're 35, I mean, you could do that.
5: My extreme type B (coughs) personality would go great with marketing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Your See, type B personality.
5: Tom, I got I to gotta tell you, though, if Hitler would have had Facebook and Twitter, I think mm-hmm. he would have not been so angry because he would have been getting all the likes and thumbs-ups that he needed. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know. That's a good point. I mean, Eva, Eva, look, everyone liked what I had on my Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Well, they say part of the reason he uh became so angry and bitter was because he got kicked out of art school and couldn't... Uh, yes realize his dream of being an artist and uh, you know if you post a bunch of garbage on twitter that gets a million likes despite the fact that it sucks that'll fill the void look he would be flourishing right now with nfts he could be creating his own oh. uh, art nfts hitler would have been in a better place a better mind no i'm not protecting hitler don't send me emails i'm joking around it's called sarcasm <laughs>
0: well it's called satire hitler.
5: Oh, God. Did you guys hear Dave Schrader? Not only is the president passing out crack pipes, as they were talking about on Tom's show, but Dave Schrader also backs Hitler. That'll be the next head- headline.
0: Yep. So the people literally thought the president was out there passing around crack pipes.
5: Well, he, that he'd pass some deal that they, he would, they would supply crack pipes to people in need. Where did so. that come from? I don't know. We'd have to look up the article on it, but uh, yeah, you don't listen. People read headlines. Yeah, that's what that's clickbait true. is all about. This is true. They read yep. a headline.
2: Whoa. And, that's right.
5: Really oh wow. Yeah, they read the headline, and then they think they know everything about the article, and that's all they need to. Because if it came right. out and it's on here, and what they forget is that, um, you know, some low-level tier website might have written this article. And then somebody posted it on the New York Times site, and then somebody will take that link and then put it up, and then it, it looks like it's coming from the New York Times, but it's really coming from Bubba Joe's Barbecue and Ramblings page, you right. know, on, on uh, some uh, crazy ass page somewhere. And and people they'll see that they'll see the New York Times or the you know the Washington Post or some major link on there, and they'll assume that that means it's legit, and that's the amount of research that they do. All right, to close out the hour, we got Joe on the phone.
0: Jose Olathable. That's who it is. That's his last name, Olathable. <laughs> exactly. Joe, uh, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm alive. Okay, did you read my tweet? Yes, sir, I did. No, you heard me, Buster. You heard me. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Nah, no, man, we think the world of you, and we... Uh, we just encouraging uh, Joe to get rid of a bad habit. That's all. Not you know, we've all given up everything, Joe. So you may as well give it all up with us. What the hell is the difference, right?
1: Well, I did tell you that uh, it was coming. I said I'd do it eventually. Um, what Tom's talking about is after uh, thirty plus years of smoking, I decided that it's time to quit. Well, yep. actually, my body decided for me because. Um, In addition to being a fat ass, I've also got COPD from smoking.
0: Yeah, can't can't happen, man. Those two, that's not a good combo. And then you got COVID out there, too. That is not good.
1: Yeah, it's uh, become a real detriment to my my working. Um, Mm -hmm. Thankfully, right now, I'm uh, at the stage of whatever work's available that they have for me to do. And because it's so bloody cold, and these people hate the cold more than Minnesota does, everybody showed up to work. So,
0: so, Joe, that wasn't Joe dropping off, was it? No. Oh, you are there. Good. Because I, I just there. heard it dropping. I heard it drop. So, Joe, oh. I, is it, I don't know much about COPD. My mother actually had COPD when she died, but she lived to be <laughs> 88, so that was pretty good. But... What, so what are the first, is it just, is it a coughing thing? Do your lungs hurt? How do you know, how, how well, did you get checked for COPD?
1: My doctor, uh, w- when I went in for return physical for Ford last fall, um, everything was copacetic until the doctor heard me wheezing. Oh. And Melanie tells me I, I wheeze a lot, so my doctor, That doctor told me he wasn't going to let me come back until my doctor cleared me. My doctor told me that she wasn't going to clear me until I went and did the uh, cardiologist and the pulmonologist appointments. We all know how the cardiologist appointment went. And the uh, pulmonologist told me I had the beginnings of COPD and a hint of bronchitis.
0: Oh, you got bronchitis. Catherine's been dealing with bronchitis now for five weeks. My gosh, she didn't smoke or anything, but she's had bronchitis for five weeks.
5: Yeah, it's lingering. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah. bitch to get rid of. Once you get it, you're going to keep getting it. Yeah. Oh, really? Say. Yeah, remember I told you that uh, at one time I had um, bronchitis, laryngitis, and pneumonia all at the same time. <laughs> Jesus. You are an one overachiever,
5: keep... Joe. What's that? You're an overachiever.
1: Well, eh, what can I say? I like to stand out
0: in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But no, I, I really like the fact that I saw that text this morning. And I just, uh, no, i got to tell a quick story because people probably probably don't know this. I don't know, was it three, four years ago? I had never met Joe. And Joe sent me, a, <laughs> I don't, was it a text? I, I don't even remember what the hell it was. He sent I actually me called and- you.
1: Well, yeah, I started texting you, then I called you.
0: Right. And he said, "I want you to meet my family in Invergrove Heights." And I think Joe almost passed out when I said, "Okay." And, I, and then you told me you you thought I said okay, but I'd never show up. But then I did show up. So you got uh, lost. I, I didn't get lost. I just circled the block a few times. You know, that's all. It, <laughs> that's all it was. We'd know if you circled. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You would know if I circled, but. No, I, I, I just, if anybody takes the time to call me and say, I'd, lo- I'd love for you to meet my family, because I had never even met Joe at the time. I don't, I don't think I'd ever met you in person before then, had I? No, you haven't. I didn't think so. So the fact that I did show up and spent the day, spent a couple hours uh, just sitting on the back deck with your parents and uh, you, and, and uh, I mean, there were, what, f- five of us, I think, back there, six of us, something like that.
1: Uh, it was me, my mom, my dad, my sister, her
0: husband, and Melanie. Oh, that's right, Melanie and uh, your sister and her husband there, too, so there were like seven of us. And we just sat there, had a wonderful conversation. Uh, everybody seemed very, very relaxed. And I, I just think, like I said, if I'm going to come over and spend time at your house, you will not be having COPD. You heard me.
1: Right? Yep, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if, it'll, if it's ever going to go away, but quitting smoking will, make it, will keep it from getting worse.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's, you don't uh, want it getting
1: worse. Couple people that I talked to, you know, one one guy was telling me that um, about six months after, he even six six months after he quit smoking, he was still uh, packing shit up from his lungs.
0: Oh God, yeah, I bet that's true. Uh, I think that's absolutely true. I, uh, you know, the yeah, thing about it is, I smoked from the time I was eleven to twenty one, but I don't know that I ever inhaled. I thought I was inhaling. I thought I was French inhaling. But I never actually th- – I don't think I ever got the smoke into my lungs. It just kind of went up in my nasal cavity and then came out of my mouth. Uh, so I don't think I actually ever really it. did smoke,
1: right? Yeah, it sounds more like it because you'd know if you'd inhale at first, that, at first drag, That that age, I would have put you right on your ass.
0: <laughs> I suppose that's true, yes. I would imagine that is true. But And then, you know, same – well, same thing with drinking. I drank from eleven to twenty-one, and I stopped for about eight, nine years. Hey, we all go through it. I, the one thing about about this world is, is, you look at other people and they do things, and it drives you not. It, trying to find some peace and you know moments to yourself. I get whether it's cigarettes or alcohol, in some people's cases, it's drugs. Uh, best thing you probably do is avoid avoid watching television, particularly the news and uh, politics, man, because. I, man, I, I literally have made announcements. I am strongly a centrist now because I can't stand either one of these parties. They are, I mean, I'm talking about the extreme edges. I don't mind Democrats, and I don't mind Republicans. The far left and the far right, you can keep them all. I, they're disgusting to me.
1: Well, you saw the pictures that I sent you. I uh, sort of sent out the group text that Doc sent to me, right?
0: Yep. <laughs> So you know how I feel about politics. <laughs> he goes, hee, hee, he. That's real nice. Well, yeah. Give okay. So have you already given up the cigs? I have. Good. Well, report in once in a while. Keep in touch about it. I want to. If you need, look. If you're you're, you're tempted, give me a call because I get up at three thirty in the morning anyway. What the hell? I got no, I got nothing better to do than talk to you about smoking anyway. Oh, I, right. I got
1: a better I got a better deterrent. If I can give up drinking, I can give up cigarettes.
0: Yep, it's true. You're, you're 100% right. And do it. You've already done it. So just stay on the straight and narrow. And Joe, will talk to you soon, pal. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: Bye. Thanks. You too.
0: You know, Dave, you know this, and Andy, you know this as well, being in a business for, what, 10 years now. That's one of the things I love about this business is the personal attachment that you you get uh, with listeners that uh, I mean, he sent me a text message at about, I think it was about 3 o'clock this morning, talking about having COPD, and he had to give up cigarettes and all the rest of it. That feels really, really good when somebody you met because you were on the air and then you got in touch with them, and the first person they you know that I know of that he reached out to was me, and I, that's quite an honor, don't you think?
5: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when so. you make that kind of connection, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But man, I, I, they they take the time to listen to this show and the morning show, and they, they enjoy it. It's the least you can do. You can support your friend when when he needs or she needs your help. That's that's all I know. It's uh, it's just well, Andy, you've never been a smoker and you're not much of a drinker either. What do you drink? About once every two, three months, something like that. I don't know. It depends. I can
4: go.
5: I can sometimes go a year without drinking anything, just because yeah, I don't true. feel like it.
0: Cause you don't feel like, and you've never been a smoker. Nope. Which is pretty healthy, Dave. You don't smoke, do you?
5: No, I don't.
3: Uh, I didn't You think know, my so.
5: mom. I grew up with my mom being a chain smoker, my dad smoking constantly. So oh, I just sure. never. I, I hated it. I didn't want to be around it, and I certainly didn't. You know, I mean, I sure took a drag or two as a teenager. Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, but that's uh, that was about the extent of it.
0: That is it. We'll take a break. Hour two is all on the two of you. It's get off your ass and get to work. Let's go. What do you want to talk about in the second hour? There's got to be a bunch of stuff you want to talk about. I would think. Well, hey, I,
5: I could mention if you want. We could talk about a couple of movies that I just checked out. Uh, love to some do some it. insight. Yeah,
0: why don't we I'd do that and
5: do we do can uh, kind of roll from there.
0: We'll t- we'll talk movies and TV shows. That'll be a great idea. That's coming up in just uh, in the second hour. What about ten minutes, Andy? Yeah. We'll be back with the family.